At the time of recording, we at Guardians MH feel the need to make a statement. With the current ongoing events in the U.S. following the unjustified death of George Floyd, one of the so many others, the need for a systematic change is apparent now more than ever. During this time of anger and grief, we will continue to provide support for all who seek it. We highly encourage others to do the same. We stand with all who are positive advocates for change and encourage everyone to stay safe and to love one another. The information presented in this podcast is of a general nature and is intended for educational and entertainment purposes. While many of the people here have some form of mental health training, they are not your mental health professional. This podcast is not a replacement for mental or physical care or for the diagnosis of any mental health illness or condition. And thank you for joining us once again for the Guardians MH podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Dr. Goku, and with me tonight is Joe. Hi. And Matt. Hi. How are you guys both doing? Pretty good, man. Thanks for asking. Hanging in there. (laughs) So if you're joining us for the first time, Guardians MH is a 501c3 nonprofit focused on promoting mental health awareness throughout the gaming community and with being a first step in assisting individuals with gathering meaningful resources in a safe and inclusive atmosphere. Our podcast is another way to normalize talking about mental health and is a fusion of mental health topics and gaming. So tonight, please welcome our guest, Swain. How are you doing, Swain? Oh, man. Uh, If we're going to talk mental health, I'm going to say bad. (laughs) <laughs> fair enough uh, okay. it's, been a, it's been a rough week um it has and it has. that is where my head is <laughs> and it has been for the whole week uh but i do my best to carve out a little bit of my own little happy world uh that i can you know retreat to my wife is here my you know my pets are here and that helps on really tough days, but and tough weeks. Yeah, right on. I think a lot of people can relate to that for sure. Just mm-hmm. you know, you're lucky to have that that um uh trying to find the word. Uh I wanna say uh, I don't want to say secure you know that safety or anything, but that uh support network. You know yeah. that support network with you know having your wife and your dogs and you got like one of the cutest dogs I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> I mean he's adorable. And Obi's a good dog. Uh, just and he he must love your cooking because I'll tell you what, <laughs> like he's drooling just like the rest of us every time. But no, uh, you're absolutely right. And with what's going on, uh, a lot of people's mental state and mental health are a little. Mm-hmm. You know, everybody needs support. And uh, if anybody ever has any questions or needs help finding the proper resources for them. They can always reach us at multiple uh, avenues and we can definitely direct them or help them find the, uh, the best suitable avenue for them. Absolutely. Because things were already difficult 
with the pandemic and everything going on now is just making things that much more difficult for a variety of people. Oh yeah. Um, I'm lucky to have the, you know, uh, you know, being born uh, a specific color has made it, uh, my life a lot easier. I definitely recognize that, uh, especially this week and being able to say that I have a, a good support group is, is, you know, uh, a privilege that I have. And, uh, I try and do my best to be able to offer that to anyone as well, like you guys. Uh, anyone that comes along that needs the support, regardless of you know faith, creed, race, any of that, uh, I'll find it in my heart to be able to help them. And I, we, I feel like uh, in the past, uh, I've definitely tried my best to put out... Uh, a vibe into the world because I feel like the gaming community is a little bit, uh, is a little tough, a little tough mm-hmm. to, to crack, especially with doing a, you know, a, uh, doing something with like competitive vibe. We always talked on our podcast right. in the past about, you know, better getting better at the game, you know, mm. performance and those, that, that sort of corner of the world, you know, it, it definitely has a lot of, you know, hot tempers and, you know, quick to anger. And um, and that leads itself to its own toxicity that we tried to kind of stem off and do our best to, you know, help people get over. Because there is ways to kind of, you know, improve your mindset when it comes to those, uh, to that world. And I don't know. That was my uh, th- that was my past. <laughs> it was a lot of it was a lot of that. And then we would do every once in a while. We would they would let me talk about uh, you know meditation or something <laughs> and I, how it helped your gaming. I loved yeah. it every time, and especially when you had uh, Steve on. I believe his name was sports sports psychologist Steve. Yeah, he was fantastic. Really, really enjoyed it when you talked about that stuff. Mm. Mm. Why do you think it's so toxic? What makes it that way sometimes? Uh, I th- so I would say it's a combination of a competitive atmosphere and uh, just like the average age of people playing video games it trends younger mm-hmm. and I think a lot of that is unfortunately just not knowing better. Like a lot of those kids haven't left their little bubble of the world and haven't experienced other people's, you know, viewpoints. So they have a very narrow viewpoint of the world and that can tend to be uh, a little bad (laughs) in a lot of cases. Um, and people tend to treat video games as like an escape uh, when in reality, it isn't always an escape. Uh, it shouldn't always be treated that way. Um, and I don't know. It's the, I think it definitely snowballs from um, a younger audience because you have, you know, content creators who are trying to help or are trying to um, promote to this younger audience. So they step right in line with that toxicity. And it just kind of keeps snowballing and snowballing and you get like, you know, these heated 
heated gamer moments uh, mm-hmm. that you'll see someone kind of, you know, say something that, you know, the whole world, the whole gaming world catches fire for a second. And mm-hmm. everyone finally snaps to it. It's like, whoa, you can't do any of that. Please don't do that. And, yeah, you know, yeah. some people, when they're told they can't do something or they shouldn't be doing something, instead of opening up and saying, hey, I want to get better, why? They close in and split hairs and start to be like, no, 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 that's not like, that's not our, our community. Like we use that or like we use that emote because it's a joke or not because it's, you know, it represents something else. It's just funny to us. And it's like, well, you're not realizing that you're, you're hurting others and you're not growing as a person when you're doing that. What happens as well is the age where your brain is fully developed is around 23 to 25. So the person you are in your teens likely won't be the person you will become as an adult because your brain needs some time. So your frontal lobe needs some time to develop. (laughs) And that's why a lot of people that in their teens tend to make decisions that they regret later on in their lives. I sure am happy that we didn't have cell phones <laughs> and everything when I was a teenager. Cause likewise, or like the, like in the internet in general, like who knows what kind it of immortalized person. forever. Yeah. Or like who knows what I would have became if that was what it's like now. Like I can't really, I can't stand in, you know, uh, talk to these kids and be like, Oh, you shouldn't be doing these things. It's like, I didn't grow up in the internet. It's a different environment. I grew up right outside of it. And it's okay for me to be like, Oh, well, it's not okay, but it's like more, you know, I can very quickly say like, Oh, you shouldn't act that way. And it's like, well, I don't necessarily understand, you know, all of the things that these people are going through. Uh, And who knows? It's definitely tougher out there nowadays. It definitely is. I don't really know what to add to that. (laughs) (laughs) You're absolutely right. I mean, just growing up, I mean, how many of us here can remember when AOL was a thing and it was first coming (laughs) out? We didn't have AOL in Canada. Well, (laughs) shot. (laughs) Okay. It, oh, three out of four. Was it, bad. No, Wait, I've got a bad we, joke. We, we had was a it, crappy Netscape. Was it AOL? <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, that was a good one. All right, I gotta go. See you guys later. Yeah, <laughs> and, then, and that's nope. the show, right? <laughs> no, but uh, you're absolutely right. I mean, growing yeah. up, it's just grew up in just a different time and different environment. You know, our generation was coming into it. Like you're right. I can't even imagine. I never. Put that into really. Uh, I never thought about that. Put in that sort of perspective, having the internet and everything accessibility at all times, and things get on the internet and they stay on the internet forever. And mm-hmm. you know, it can be really uh, impacting on but- somebody's life in the long run. It can be, it can be damning, but, uh, there's also like, like I said, you shouldn't dig in to your mistakes and get defensive. You should be able to 
you know, treat it as a, a learning experience and open up from there. Um, that's, that's where I am today. I am, I am who I am today because most of, if not all of those moments I look back on and say, whoa, uh, if I didn't think about it in the moment, I thought about it a lot after and said, okay, that was something I did that I regret. Never. Because everyone's going to make a mistake. It's yeah. inevitable that you are going to make a mistake. It's what you do. You can either say, I own up to it. I did wrong and I will try and do better. Not say that you will, that you will definitely do better, that you will try to do better. Because yeah. chances are you're going to screw up again. Mm-hmm. You just want to limit in, in the ways and you want to educate yourself in the ways to not necessarily do something as bad as you could. Making sure to learn to see other people's pers- perspectives on things. And what might seem like a good decision today in the mind of a 15 or 18 year old might not be the same thing you would think when you're 25 or 30. So true. I've actually asked uh, clients of mine who are around my age to actually go through their Facebook, look at their, try to get to their very first post and then compare it to what they posted now and i'll ask them are you happier now do you do you see the growth that you've actually made you know and surprisingly i actually get some people who tell me no and they want to change it which is a good thing because they actually learn and they want to change or i get no i'm actually a not i'm a better person or i'm i'm thinking better or clearer now than i was when i was 17 18 so it's a nice little thing that I've done that a few clients of mine have gotten something out of. A good example of that. I don't know if you guys know who uh, Philip DeFranco is on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Love Philip DeFranco. Yeah. Uh, he's a great source of news now online. Mm-hmm. And he's one of the first ones to say that he hated the person he was when he started YouTube. Yeah. He, he's one of the OG YouTubers that he's been doing it for what, like, 12 years or so and he's grown with the medium but also grown as a person yeah yeah og youtube was like the shock jock era of uh (laughs) of like opie and anthony and howard stern that that that's what og youtube was like Mm -hmm. and it's much different now Mm -hmm. it's matured yeah like people will mature absolutely well awesome but we kind of jumped right into the conversation without actually yeah. <laughs> like introducing our getting guests. to know yeah. who our guests. <laughs> yeah, I wanted to say that a little earlier, but the conversation was just so great, and I just want to take this opportunity, Swain. Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, and maybe uh, some of our listeners <laughs> might not know you know know of you. Give them an idea of who you are. Sure, um, I tend to think <laughs> I, I bounce back and forth between like trying to be like a renaissance man type of person where I do too many things and it's sometimes really manic and sometimes it feels good that I'm like when it, when I'm in a flow and I'm able to like do a lot of things, that's a, it's great. But uh, I, I'm primarily a chef. That's like my career. 
uh, for the last oh, about nine years now, a little bit more than that. Um, and a couple of years, oh, and a couple of years, probably mm-hmm. like four years ago, started a podcast about improving in Destiny. And from there, it just kind of led me down a very weird path <laughs> of uh, meeting a ton of interesting, beautiful, wonderful, inspiring folks through the community. And that helped me, you know, uh, improve in a lot of different ways because I was still, still young and dumb (laughs) when we first started like four years ago. It's crazy how much has happened. But uh, at this point I kind of, you know, bounce between, being a chef and keeping teaching people how to uh, make food in different ways, whether it's through my daily job or through like YouTube, which is more recent um, and Twitch. And I also uh, am a maker. So I like, you know, tooling with things and uh, I'm currently making a uh, commander Cody, co- like I want to call it cosplay, but it's like a, a suit of armor for, um, the 501st. Uh, That's awesome. And hopefully that will be done. We'll see. I'm doing that. And then I'm also doing like this other project where I'm making a rancor out of, you know, insulation foam. And then I also like every once in a while, like write on my blog about, you know, mental health or like, you know, budgeting. It's all, it kind of, it, I try to put my brain into something and it, it ends up being really crazy and a lot of things. <laughs> So it's hard to really nail down what I do, but primarily a chef. I love it. Especially that suit of iron. As a chef, <laughs> what are the things you specialize in? Uh, so I did a lot of Southern food. So it's the opposite of nutrition. Which <laughs> <laughs> here, here to talk about. Um, a lot of Southern food is probably the thing I'm best at. Uh, I currently am working for a company called Cook and Solo. And we... It's more Israeli focused. So we have um, a couple of different locations, a couple of different, you know, uh, fine dining options. And then there's fast casual stuff, uh, a lot of really good food. So we like turn out really good food in a fast casual setting, which is like really, oh, it's a lot of volume uh, throughout the day. So we do like falafel sandwiches, salads, uh, tahina shakes at the one location. And then we do like hummus with toppings, pita, uh, at, at the other location. We even have another one that I don't help with. That's a uh, fried chicken and donuts. That's a, not necessarily Israeli, but it's, 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 it's so like, good. Oh my fried God. Chicken and donuts. <laughs> I was, I was paying attention. I swear. But then I just looked up. You, you heard fried chicken and donuts. I heard fried chicken and donuts, and the current fat man that I am got it very caught excited. my attention too. Don't, <laughs> don't worry, you're not alone. <laughs> now, how how close with the uh, the cuisine and area that you're working right now? How close to that is Hala? Like that sort of cuisine. So it's it's similar. I would say we're more we like tend to try and. Uh, create things that are kosher um, and you know halal and kosher kind of have some you know overlapping ideologies but it's mostly about you know uh, halal is about the butchering of the meat 
And same thing with kosher is if it's going to be butchered, it has to be done a certain way and there's storage, you know, uh, instructions. And uh, it's definitely about cross-contamination between that, like dairy and meat products with your vegetables. So our, our one location, it's like completely vegan. And I would say at the other one with the hummus, it's almost vegan with the exception of like, we do like one meat option for that week. Hmm. So it, it, it varies. That's awesome. Thank you for touching on that. I was curious yeah. when you started talking about, it, I'm like, I wonder how, how close those, those two are in relation, yeah. but, uh, no, that's great. And, uh, I will honestly say I've been enjoying, uh, over the last year, everything you've been sharing on Twitter for all of your <laughs> cooking. And when you first started the, uh, you know, streaming in the kitchen and everything, I remember seeing one of your early setups. I didn't catch it, but I was incredibly proud of it and just so excited <laughs> for the communities to be, for you to be sharing this because you are an accomplished chef. You, you are very good at what you do. And. God, man, the food that you make and you put out there <laughs> just looks so freaking good. And I love how you empower people to essentially, they can cook this too. Like, this looks good. This brisket I made looks amazing. You can make it too. You now, this, yeah. this isn't just, you know, you don't have to be a professional chef, even though you are one, but anybody can do it. And I love that you've been teaching people and empowering them to, you know, start cooking on their own, getting away from the overly processed foods and getting into more whole foods and, you know, experimenting with different things. I mean, I'm going to talk about that brisket probably about four or five <laughs> more times throughout the rest of this, this night, because I'm, you really want a piece of that I'm brisket now, don't you? It. It's in my mind now because I saw it over the weekend and he had it like oh, up you, on a stick. I, I think you might be thinking about we we um it was uh pastrami style short ribs. Oh. So it had like when it was sliced open, it was like it had the the cure to it as well. And I've been I just like I literally just ate some of it before I got on. Of course you did. Of course you did. <laughs> You're already salivating now, aren't you, Joe? I'm hungry. I, I'm hungry. No, but uh, now one of the things uh, I kind of want to take us right into uh, the mental health topic for the night. And we were you uh, mentioned it earlier. Uh, we're going to be talking about nutrition and its importance with with our own well-being. Now, uh, a while ago on uh, the original uh, CR podcast, you guys started talking about towards the end before you guys got into the uh, everyday, you know, or everyone podcast, uh, being more healthier, you know, yeah. and you definitely have a focus on, you know, the, the cooking side, Nutrition is fantastic. I just want to say nutrition is fantastic, but you were a great example that you took charge of your, your physical health overall and started exercising and eating right and everything. And you yeah. look incredibly healthy. You know, I remember back four years ago, you know, content creation is not good for the waistline <laughs> and just having that, that, uh, 
little bit in your Discord server with helping people with challenges and stuff and sharing their progress was just such a wonderful thing. And I really want to talk about the nutrition side because it's very important with a world that is always on the move and everything, a lot of things are just heavily processed anymore. It's so easy to grab a meal out of a freezer or out of a drive through window. And yeah, that's not exactly good. So like I'll preface this with saying that uh, food for me is a struggle like constantly um, because of what I've made it into in my head with work. Um, work tends to turn food into work. You, you don't I don't necessarily see it as much as like nutrition and fuel as I should. Um, I know this in the back of my head, but sometimes like, you know, like, anyone else if i'm burning the you know the wicket both ends i'm going to kind of fall back to the easy option like to stopping at the you know the pharmacy or whatever on the way home and be like all right there's a bag of chips and you know this you know whatever soda um and i have found some things that work for me over the years and I'm still struggling with it to like incorporate the right amount of meals a day, uh, the right kind of meals a day, the right balance to those meals every day. Um, overeating, undereating, uh, undereating doesn't get talked about enough, but mm. I a hundred percent undereat most days. Um, I worked with a nutritionist. Well, I work with nutritionists at my gym to, kind of focus on what I needed to have calorie wise in a day. And back recently, like maybe like two, well, like a year and a half ago, um, I did whole 30 for the first time and I lost 20 pounds in 30 days. And that is, while it's a good number, it's not the healthiest way of losing that weight. Um, I was 100% under eating throughout, uh, throughout that process and coming out the other side, I was like, you know, talking with my nutritionist and she was like, you have to eat more. You need to eat throughout the day. And I would say that's my biggest, like at this point, it's my biggest struggle is like trying to fit the right amount of calories in the day when I don't see it as fuel and food anymore. Um, unfortunately, like that's, you know, that's my personal struggle. Other people see it the other way. Like they're all right. I love food so much. I love eating it. I can't stop eating it. I would love to not be able to eat throughout the day, uh, and like binge and, you know, despite eating two hours ago, I'm going to have another big meal like now, uh, or, you know, fueling it up with empty calories that are like, you know, within drinks, drinks are the biggest trap. The biggest trap for calories. You may feel satiated, but they don't really give you anything back. So that's the why biggest I recommend thing, drinking drinking a lot of water. Oh my god, hundred ounces is what I shoot for every day. Um, and I have this guy right here that I. Um, <laughs> there we go. Is that docs? I, I think it is docs. 
Uh, I try and drink three of these a day. That's about 96-ish ounces of water, depending. And that's my goal. I certainly don't always hit it. <laughs> There's definitely some but days I struggle. At least as you're trying. Yeah. So having... Um, you, when I sat down with my nutritionist, we kind of like mapped out some goals that I was trying to do through the challenge that they were throwing at my gym. And it was really about, you know, taking the right amount of water every day, eating the right amount of calories. Um, no, like really limiting any added sugars because that's where things get, you know, tricky and you have those empty calories. Uh, and finding, you know, that I can still satisfy a sweet tooth within whole foods mm. with, you know, fruits and like, even like with like nut butters and stuff, those are great little ways of consuming good calories that were, um, still delicious. Like that, that was, that was probably my biggest part with this was like, no, this, like, I don't want to eat bland chicken and broccoli that I, you know, steamed in the microwave. Like, while that ended up being a decent amount of those meals, uh, for me, it was trying to find the ways to spice up those, those meals and find it so that like, I wasn't introducing the empty calories when it's like sauce, like, Oh, I want to douse this in some sort of like sauce. The biggest thing about whole the whole 30 ish challenge we did was like no added sugars. So you're constantly looking at the back of like <laughs> nutritional labels and you're like, Oh my God, why does this Mayo have sugar in it? <laughs> like, why do, why does this Mayo need sugar? <laughs> did I like it because there was sugar in it? I did. Yeah. Apparently it was because there was sugar in it. Um, I, I, I love whole 30 for me. And it's always about, I think it's always about like finding, what works for you. And that's why like, you know, people latch onto like fad diets and, you know, short term, you know, like they're going to try something new this month, but even that like bouncing between fad diets do not work. Yeah. And even bouncing between them, like, Oh, that didn't work for me. Maybe it wasn't this diet. Maybe it's the next it, one. It wreaks or wrecks havoc on your metabolism. Oh Yeah. And one thing that people don't necessarily understand is when you undereat in the specific ways that certain diets um, have you do, you may gain more weight than yeah. lose because your body's going to go into ketosis, it's going to go into starvation mode, and it's going to start storing all of that extra food in terms of you're not going to feed me. I just don't know when you're going to give me foods. I'm just going to store it rather than and process it yeah and like even something simple as like stepping on a scale like a scale can be your worst enemy in my opinion like looking at it and being like I, oh i gained a pound today what did i do wrong and it's like when did you weigh yourself how much water did you drink are you what stressed you yeah like even it, just it can being be a variety stressed. of things mm -hmm. yeah all of those things can be factor in like what that scale says and you can be like oh i'm up five pounds today well maybe yesterday was different like maybe you're down yesterday because uh, you had a, a ton of water and you did great and you felt mm -hmm. great and then you know things caught up with you the next day and you know your job was super stressful and you're just like 
holding all, all of this water retention yeah. and stuff in you. Mm. It, when it's I, uh, during one of my uh, internships uh, in university, I worked at a hospital and one of the um, places that I worked in within that hospital was with uh, doing clinical interviews and assessments for people that were going to go into bariatric surgery. Okay. So the right. bariatric surgery process is a very long process and can take up to a year more. And the psychologist is kind of that last person to sign off on you getting the surgery. Because for it to work, the person needs to be in a state of mind where one, it'll work. Two, they've changed the behaviors and changed the relationship that they have with food. And one thing I, I taught a lot of my clients there was you're looking on a scale, you're looking for a specific number, but that number will always induce you into wrong. Aim for a range. Because even if you weigh yourself in the morning, during the afternoon, in the evening, you're going to fluctuate wildly in terms of how much you weigh. Aim for a range, a five-ish to seven-pound range. Yeah. If you're within that range, you've reached that goal for yourself. I would say, like, despite the tough beginning of losing that, the, all that weight, uh, getting where I am now, like, I'm the most comfortable in my body I've been in a long time, despite uh, you know, having a little fluctuation here and there, I don't spike all the way back up like I used to. Um, I kind of have hit in, you know, a five to seven pound range that I feel mm -hmm. really, really comfortable in. Um, and I can have like meals and I don't like, I don't overdo it anymore. Like I used to, um, but I can have meals once a week or so, or maybe even like twice a week, depends on what's happening, uh, where they are a little indulgent, but it isn't my whole day. Um, yeah. It ends up being like, I look like nowadays, I look forward to that one day a week where I make pizza for me and my wife. And like pizza is not like the worst fast food, but when I'm making it myself, I know everything that's going into it. Uh, I can limit what I put on to it and I can still make it delicious. Like I know how to make simple ingredients delicious. And it's changing the, the portions as well. Yeah. So eating a couple slices of pizza in a week. Sure. No problem. Eating a whole 12 inch pizza in one sitting more <laughs> of a problem. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's tough to be able to get into the mindset where it's like, I don't have to eat all of this right now yeah. because like you make it and you sit there and you're like the, the hardest part is like you'll eat if you eat fast like I do. I just like years of being in kitchens standing up with like a quart container eating out of that <laughs> like all right let's eat fast and I don't realize like that's that portion was enough. And if I had waited five, ten minutes, I would have my body would have been like, yeah cool we're good 
it takes time for your stomach to tell your brain that you're full. Yeah. And I would be like in those five, 10 minutes is where you have that decision window where you're like, eh, maybe a little bit more. Yeah. Go back, get seconds. And you don't like, because of that time frame, the time gap between it, like telling it it's full, you're going to overeat and you're going to, you know, feel lethargic and you'll probably like end up like on the couch, like, Oh, I don't feel so good. Or like a food just, coma. Yeah. A food coma. And like that right there is your body telling you that was bad. Don't do that. But we kind of tend to misinterpret it as like, Oh, Oh, this is too much food. Like you don't ever like not many people like connect it to being like, maybe don't eat too much food that in that moment and slow it down. Like for me, hardest thing is like slowly eating that portion. And if I slowly eat it, it gives your body the time to be like, Oh, that's enough. Like you'll get to like three quarters of your portion and be like, do I need to finish this whole thing? Probably not. I could save one leftovers. One thing I worked a lot with my, my bariatric clients and even my regular clients that I work with now is something called mindful eating where rather than watching TV while you're eating, you're eating or uh, working while you're eating, you're not paying attention to what you're eating. And when you're not paying attention to it, you tend to eat more and you're not really enjoying what you're eating. So you're eating mindlessly. So you're watching TV. I'll grab the bowl of chips. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it's going to take more of that to make you satisfied rather than really focusing on, you know what? I really want this bowl of ice cream. Playing with your cell phones at the dinner table too. Exactly. Yeah. If you really want the bowl of ice cream, focus on the bowl of ice cream. Enjoy it. You might realize that you need less of it to satiate that that craving yeah and we've, I was no, gonna say, we, we've turned like big things like that in our house to like event type level things where it's like there's a really great like small batch ice cream maker in my city and like i know like it's going to take me a pre- like i have to pre-order it a day before and then I have to like go pick it up. Oh, this is an event. And then it's yeah. like, and then it's like, it's this whole thing. And like, we sit down and we like, it's so good. And it's like, all right, I don't want to eat this whole pint of ice cream because I know that it costs a lot of money. And mm-hmm. also I want to enjoy it. So we're going to, you know, I'll have a few spoonfuls and hand it to her while she's having hers. Like she'll hand hers to me and I'll eat a few spoonfuls and be like, okay, that was great. Put it back in the freezer. Like, I want to have this again in a couple of days. And then it ends up being like, Oh, we had ice cream, but we didn't like just devour a pint. Like I've, Mm. I've definitely sat down and like housed like a whole pint of Ben and Jerry's before and been like, all right, well, (laughs) that's a old 600 calorie easy. Mm. And we were saying uh, those fab diets and a lot of the clients that I saw that we're looking for that bariatric surgery, they've tried them all. Yeah. But one thing they never really tried to do was normal eating. They've tried all the fad diets to lose the weight, but they always bounce back. 
And it's kind of changing that relationship you have with food and with yourself and that culpability and that frustration that you can have on yourself. Because if you're struggling with your weight and you slip, oh, because we all get busy, we can't be perfect. You will lose weight on those diets because they're asking you to be perfect. No one can sustain that. There will be times where you will need to grab something from the food truck outside because you're too busy. But when you do that, the way you perceive it, the way you react to it in terms of, well, now my entire day is screwed. Let's just do an entire cheat day and I'll reset tomorrow rather than just saying, well, all right, I had to eat that because of X, Y, or Z reasons. I'm just going to change what I'm going to have for for supper. See, one of the things... Go ahead. Oh, go ahead. No, I was just going to... I thought you were done. I didn't mean to cut you off. Um, one of the things that uh, rang with me, and it doesn't really have to do with food, but Swain brought it up earlier, is drinks. You don't really feel satiated, but say in the morning or this and that or midday, you need a boost and you grab a monster an energy drink of whatever kind. Mm. I was just recently made aware of what the sugar content is in a single, single monster for its entire can. And it blew my mind being 96% of the daily sugar intake. So I, myself, I struggle with my sugar intake. I, I, I consume a lot of sugar. I like sweet tea. I will drink sweet tea and I will have a monster. I'll have cream with my coffee and I like mm-hmm. Twizzlers, you know, and all day long I see all this sugar intake and, uh, I'm one of those people that, you know, struggles getting away from the sugar. I got a sweet tooth, man. And it, it's, it's really bad for my, uh, my nutrition and everything like that. And it's like Swain said, you know, it's like, it's an empty calorie, you know, or you, mm-hmm. You kind of feel kind of full for a minute and then it doesn't really last. And I end up just having more. And then you get kind of like a, like a caffeine crash if you, if it's an energy drink and those energy drinks are just absolutely terrible all around for you. And they got to be one of the worst things to try and get away from. If you've been on them for so long. Yeah. I feel like, uh, I have a client. A while ago, he was drinking. Oh, how many was he drinking? I think it was like four or six full-sized monsters per day. And in my head, I was saying, how are you still alive and not having had a heart attack yet? Because there's a disclaimer on it that you should only have one per 24 hours. Yeah. It's the age that... that, um kind of helps a lot. I I tend to see like the monsters and the Red Bulls, they sway towards a little bit of a younger generation, 20s, maybe 30s, and you save. Your your heart, your body is still strong, but that comes to catch up to you once you hit 40. It wears 50. on you. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, listening to all of this though too, I've I mean, I still to this day, I, I said it before in a joking manner, but I, I am a big man. Um, and I have been uh, slowly trying to work on that. Um, b- 
my issue always has been, well, two things. Overeating, number one. Living in Brooklyn and then living in Staten Island, New York, the food is life and it's everywhere. And it's, you know, your grandmother's meatloaf and then a pizza right after it. So it's it's <laughs> insane. But then it was also working. I remember when I was in school, you know, going to school for, you know, hours a day and then working a night job, not getting home till 10 o'clock at night. And then almost in a sense, like binge or comfort eating. Yep. And it never felt good. <laughs> All of my students, I, I, I kind of do this disclaimer for them. Students are the worst representation of any form of health. Stay up late. You don't sleep. You drink like a fish. You eat crap. And the food that you have at school, if you're drinking and you're eating at meal hall, is not good. <laughs> No, And we see, and at the university that I work, we, we just, there's not enough mental health professionals there to take care of everyone that needs to be seen because they're all having these difficulties. They're, they're hitting these walls because they're one, not taking care of themselves. And two, the universities are not giving what those people need. Someone can only eat so much pizza. And even that, those scenarios, it's like the perfect, it's the perfect storm. Like mm-hmm. when you're a very busy person, it ends up being. And high stress. Yeah, high stress. You're going to retain all of it. You're going to be eating at like 11 p.m. And then yeah. immediately falling asleep, which is just terrible. Like you shouldn't be eating so close to sleeping. And then you're waking up five hours, four hours later to go back and no way is that close enough to the amount of sleep you need Mm -hmm. to, you know, recover from what you did to your body the next day. And then it just keeps going, keeps going, keeps going. And and it's very important because one thing that happens is the more stress you are, because the stress response that we have is normal. We all have it should only be used on special circumstances rather than being on all the time. Because when it's on, your metabolism just tanks. Mm. Um, And there's a a good book and um, lecture, without going too psychological nerd here, called Why Don't Zebras Get Ulcers? I don't know if anyone has ever heard of that. No, but I'm going on Amazon right now. <laughs> yeah, uh, there, there's a a good YouTube video. It's like an hour and a half lecture from, from this guy. And it's the evolutionary process of it and how humans differ from other animals. And there's something called homeostasis. Everyone heard the term homeostasis, which is that typical balance. Yeah. Mm-hmm problem is humans generally never get back to that homeostatic balance because of our stress of our stress levels and the way our, our, our cognitive processes work so we're always elevated and we're always in that form of stress where it creates stress related illnesses so cardiovascular issues hmm. 
it creates those ulcers because of the prolonged exposure to adrenaline, to cortisol, to a, a variety of other types of chemicals that we have. So a lot of people say, well, I'm trying to exercise and I'm changing my diet. But the main thing is, have you changed your lifestyle? Yeah. Habits, habits within food are the, the biggest thing yeah. to change because it takes a while. It's not, it's not fast. Like getting out of eating or drinking a lot of energy drinks takes a very con- like concentrated effort of like, go- you don't want to go all the way down. Like you got to like bring yourself off of that and then go down to nearly nothing. And then you're down to nothing. And then you have to keep up with that. And don't let yourself slip back into that because you're that's where that to- normal eating comes in. Yeah. And because those, those diets is just cut everything, follow this program. It'll work until you stop it. <laughs> yeah. Cause it's not sustainable. I feel like that's, that's kind of whole 30 in a nutshell. I don't like to be like, it's terrible because it definitely taught me ways of eating and mm-hmm. helped mm-hmm. me. It helped me find what works for me because mm-hmm. um, I'll be like the first two. This is my favorite thing to have in my house at all times. It's just almond butter, but it's in these little packets and finding this was like, like gold during that diet that I did was like, this is like, it has all of that like reminiscence of sugar and, but it was still, it's good sugar. It's good sugar. And it's just mostly there's sugars in a variety of fruit. Yeah. It's almonds and what else is in this? Dates. Hmm. So it was like, dates are the way that like, they like get you that good sugar. <laughs> that you want to crave. Um, but cutting it out, like helped me realize I, I like that. I like that paired with apples. That was like one of my favorite things to just like replace candy or like sweets with, uh, finding like, even if it's just finding recipes that are easy for you are healthy, are flavorful. They satisfy that. Like, almost like going out to eat urge. You're mm-hmm. like, this feels good to me. Like all it mm. has, all the things I like in it. It's got the crispy. It's got the fatty. It's got this. It's got that. It's, it's even got the right amount of balance. Like for me, it was like finding macros and being like, okay, I'm going to try and hit this in this meal. So I can add more fat to this. I can put the like clarified butter into my dish and realize Oh, I'm not breaking my day. Mm-hmm. Where, whereas before, like, I always thought if I added butter here or added this here or olive oil, this, uh, the, like, oh, the stress of being like, oh, this is too much. Like, I'm, I'm, I shouldn't put butter, but fat's bad. When is it like, if in the balance of your day, that yeah. fat was in good. moderation in, in a variety of things and, and not kind of putting yourself down because you had it. Exactly. So and the normal, quote unquote, normal, using the air quotes, person will eat a cheeseburger, or eat some pizza once in a while. 
And that's fine, but it's making that that decision. Are you going to really get the McDonald's one or are you going to go to the place where you really like the burger or different the way that they cook it is different. Yeah. And from like you can still have a lot of the foods that you really like just finding new ways of creating that same flavor profile was what made it interesting for me. Cause like I love burgers and that was like one of the biggest things was like, I need something. I need this. Like, let me find what's the good medium here. So having like a burger with like some avocado on it and some bacon, like kind of satisfied a lot of like the fattiness of it without like, I still got some good fats with the avocado ate sweet potato fries that I made myself along with it. So there was nothing added outside of just sweet potato. Like it was still like really good. <laughs> um, and sauces were another big part of it. Like finding a sauce that like worked on top of this dish that didn't have sugar. It's really hard to do because almost all processed foods had some levels of sugar in it. But I could make my own. I could also make the conscious decision to find like paleo, like it tends up being paleo, like directed nowadays. But a lot of those just mean no, no added sugars. Hmm. So finding sauces with no added sugars in it were a godsend in some cases I could put some on this and it like took a bland chicken breast to the next level. You guys hear that? It was thunder. I did hear that. <laughs> oh. I thought somebody was moving mm-hmm. something. <laughs> <laughs> if you lose me, it's because of the storm or about that. Oh, oh, well, <laughs> right, well we can actually, uh, we can actually move, move along. I don't want you to like, yeah, turn into a pumpkin or anything like that or jeopardize your setup <laughs> no no it's, it's we can talk fine. on this for forever forever yeah but before we yeah. before we move on from it uh i know this is uh, uh everybody's very passionate about this and uh what are some things that we can leave people with uh as kind of like a, a closing remark with going forward and taking your own nutrition Or awareness of it, I would guess I would say. For me, is just track what you eat. Mm-hmm. Simply put, like throughout the day, like there's there's several apps that do it. I use my Fitness Pal. Track what you eat and observe. Mm. Like that works for almost it works for a lot of situations, whether it's food, it's budget. Tracking what you're consuming throughout a day will put some perspective mm-hmm. on the end of the day. You can look back and say, oh, my God, I had this much sugar or the other way. Be like, oh, wow, my day was perfect. What did I eat? Let's do that more like that. Like finding those perfect days were always the best for me, like perfect days that like I ate everything right and everything tasted really good. Everything. All those meals were great. Let's replicate it maybe a couple days a week and we can just keep changing from there. I love that. One thing I I say to all of my clients is look at at what you're eating. 
making sure that you're eating enough, but try to graze throughout the day rather than trying to get those meals. And you don't need three meals per day. So three full size meals, Mm. as long as you're getting enough of those calories in, that's fine. It's always depending on how you're getting them in. If you're drinking three Pepsis in a day, (laughs) you might be busting the budget a lot quicker. If it's diet Pepsi. (laughs) Oh, no, that's a whole other rant. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. The last thing I'll say is find if you are going to diet or try to change your ways, find a professional and talk with them and discuss what Mm. your goals are, what you are currently doing. They're probably going to ask you to track your food. <laughs> That'll be the first thing to say. Like, so and make sure it's something that's sustainable. Yeah. So they're going to put you in a place where you can do something long term, rather than hey, try this fad thing. Like, oh, we're going to give you points for a meal. No, they're going to they're going to set you up for success long term. Yeah. And nowadays, it's the accessibility to uh, nutritionists and professionals that can help you put a meal plan together or a diet plan are everywhere and they are really mm-hmm. available. Even your local gym, like I go to planet fitness when they decide to reopen. Uh, we're still in phase two here. Uh, <laughs> there's a nutritionist there. I can speak with Swain, you know, said earlier, he spoke to one at his gym. You know, there yeah. people are out there. People want to help talk to one, talk to somebody. If you're not comfortable eye People to eye, went to school for that. Use the yep. They went to school for <laughs> that. Absolutely. They they know what they're talking yeah. about. If you're not comfortable with eye to eye contact, contact them through email. Maybe uh, do a phone call, voice chat. You know, set something up. There is routes that you can go and avenues to make contact with somebody and talk to somebody. And there's there's not. I'll be honest, there's not many, but if you look hard enough, there are some that actually accept health insurance too. For some providers, there is a little bit of a nutrition benefit. It's it's and hard for, to find. Don't get me wrong, but I, I know you there there are some that'll definitely accept. Some insurance companies will even reimburse your gym membership. Yes. They don't want to pay for your expensive surgery, your cardiac mm-hmm. surgery. It's cheaper to pay for the, the gym membership than it is to pay for a gastric bypass or it yes. is to pay for a triple cardiac bypass. I'm going to make a point to look at my health insurance tomorrow. Mm-hmm. I did not know that, Swain. <laughs> I got a whole year's worth reimbursed. Did you really? My, my insurance. Yep. Okay, that's it. Doesn't take much. It's usually like right on their website too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's a form. You have to yeah. look because mm-hmm. they, they kind of make the money on. It's there. You just hidden somewhere in that fine print. Yeah, Matt, you got even uh... some jobs too. Oh yeah, yeah. I was gonna say, Matt, you're in New York State. You want to send me, email me that form. I'll fill it out. Send it to my gotcha. health insurance. Yeah, I think it's Blue Cross. No, I got you. Awesome. <laughs> awesome. Great. Uh, I, yeah, we'll definitely round back to this topic uh, down the road. I, I really enjoyed it. And uh, like you said, we could talk about this all night. But uh, why don't we jump into some gaming news before uh, we lose Swain to the, the storm that's about to hit him out there? <laughs> uh, 
Actually, first thing in gaming news, I, I, again, another topic we could spend all night on, uh, but Destiny 2's, uh, teaser, teasers are hitting the internet yeah, all two over. Two of them. Yep. Mm-hmm. Two of them. Two of them. One showed, uh, Eris Morn. The other one showed the Drifter in some weird diving apparatus breather thing. And, uh, it's all, uh, and the other one looked like Europa. Mm-hmm. Yes, that they, they both mm-hmm. looked like they were heading to the uh, the moon Europa, uh, and this is all teasing their big reveal, which is happening on June 9th. Uh, the season f- of the Worthy ends this week. This is the final week, so Tuesday's reset it is over, and we're moving on to season eleven, I believe, which still has not been announced. Nobody knows what it's called. Nobody knows anything about it yet. And I'm real excited. You know, I, I, something with the ships, I'm guessing. Yes. And they've been horribly renamed the Dorito ships. And it's really hard because (laughs) my day job, if you don't already know, I work for Frito-Lay during the day. So when I hear people calling Dorito chips all day long, it's like, please, this is giving free advertisement to to my company. (laughs) And now, (laughs) and yes, I think it was yesterday or today. I have it on my phone. Are they regular nacho or cool ranch? Actually, it was like a blue corn, (laughs) actually. uh, It actually matched the ships like perfectly. Somebody actually made a little like Photoshop of it. And it was called the season of the Doritos next season. But uh, (laughs) no, this is all hinting. And I'll tell you what, these are some of the most exciting times for not just destiny, but all games and franchises is that transition from one season to the new one, because now you have, it just reinvigorates your interest and uh, you know, just gets you excited. Like it's, like for when the next Harry Potter movie comes out or the next, you know, Star Wars, you get excited to go see it. You know, I get mm-hmm. excited for when the next chapter of these games, you know, comes out. You know, I did the same thing for not so much Call of Duty, but, uh, like division. I was really excited when the next, you know, DLCs for division were coming out mm-hmm. and when like the next, you know, Witcher was coming out and we got the little expansions and like Diablo and stuff. I get excited about those because I want to see what's in them. And, uh, this one looks like it's going to be cool. Like uh, everybody, a lot of people know that they've been uh, highlighting and talking about the darkness since Destiny's consumption, and these Dorito ships could possibly be the Veil race. You know, there's so much speculation and you know rumors about it. I'm just really excited for it. The only thing I'm not excited for is grinding out the artifact over again because that's just yeah. it goes on forever. That was probably so I like in all honesty, I haven't played Mm -hmm. since November. And I'll be honest, these teasers, (laughs) they got they're cool. They got they got me interested. Like whenever they do interesting cinematics and they start taking you to the worlds, that's when it grabs me the most. Takes me back to the days of like exploring the dreadnought for the first day. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. such a good experience. And they started doing a little bit more world building, uh, almost like Fortnite, because you could see over the season the landscape change mm-hmm. with the the Seraph Towers. But also lately, the people have been seeing the Almighty and kind of coming towards close. Earth. And in the the Lie Quest, it, it sucked. To, to grind out all those shotgun kills 
but the lore aspect of it, uh, right? And that last part just, just blew my mind <laughs> between Fellwinter and um, mm-hmm. Rasputin. Yeah. See, I even know about that because I, I, st- I keep up with it. I keep mm-hmm. up with the game and, and I loved the story. That was one of my favorite parts of the game. Um, it's what got, it's kind of what hooked me. Um, I just like, I can't, I can't grind anymore. I'm done. <laughs> like that's the, <laughs> the hardest part for me. It's like, I, I need, it's, I ended up switching to mostly like apex or games I can play within like an hour, pick up, like, pick up and drop off. Yeah. And like accomplish something or like accomplish nothing and not care. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, just like I can't, I can't, I can't grind anymore. I'm done. <laughs> I've grinded for so many things in Destiny. Um, I really enjoy the moments when they like drop a bunch of story on you, and you get to like revel in it for eight hours in one day. Just like we're just gonna go through this, and it's what I miss the most w- about those like September drops. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I played Forsaken, and I played uh, Shadow Keep. Oh, yeah. Shadow Keep. Yeah, um, Shadow Keep. I played them both because they were great. Like you know, story exposition. Uh, they, and you know, you could tell exactly where I stopped when I stopped in November. It was like that was like all right, time to continue the grind. It was like the story's <laughs> over. Well, the story's kind of over, but it's like all right, I'm gonna. It's these micro second. drops. Yeah, and like I I get terrible FOMO. Like if I if I lose a week. I'm like, oh fuck! I didn't play. I didn't play for a week. I missed the thing, and then it builds and builds, and then it becomes, all right, I'm not gonna play because I missed too much. So at this point, I think I'm at that point where I'm like, I missed too much. But if they offer me a path back in, I'm in. Like they do because the these drops. seasons aren't so bad in terms of like an entry point. They're ten bucks. Yeah, for entry points, which is well, I meant more not like, that bad. More like power level. Yeah, if you offer me like a boost to start a season, I'm there. Like that's why I love the big drops because you can, you can be, you could have taken a break and missed like a season or something and kept up on you know with your favorite YouTube channel that like tells you about what's going on and <laughs> then jump right back in at the appropriate light level and you didn't really miss much. So. I mean, well, I'll I'll take a look in you know this upcoming season, and especially I'll be there for the I'll be there for the reveal of the oh yeah what, what's coming up. Mm. Those are always hype. Yeah, for real. Oh yeah, I I just I distinctly remember going to the Destiny Two reveal in LA and just being like, this is the hypest I can get. <laughs> <laughs> like I we used to do like all caps chat whenever a reveal happened and. Being able to be like all caps in person was amazing. I can imagine. I still remember that. Actually, I still remember. Uh, who was it? Blue. He was wearing an orange shirt. You could see him anywhere in any picture <laughs> from that reveal at any moment. He was wearing a Voop shirt. It was an orange yeah. Voop shirt. <laughs> oh, dude. Oh, I can't think of. Uh, not, I'll, I'll sit here. It's one of the shirts that you guys had years ago. It's the revolver one. It had uh, it's uh, like almost like neonish. Like it was like a pinkish purple outline on it. it was wicked rad. You guys had the coolest shirts. I'm telling you. 
Yeah. We always support the, the really good artists. <laughs> yeah, dude. Everything was always so, so awesome. Uh, no, yeah. So Destiny 2 reveal season 11, and they're going to kind of teals, I, teals, tease what's going to be coming, uh, our way in Destiny 2 this fall. And, uh, I, I let- one thing that they mentioned that, that people are kind of picking up on is that this season dropped the D2 moniker. I, you know what? I was thinking about bringing that up and then I didn't like literally just now, <laughs> like you read my mind get out of my head. No. Yeah, they did. Uh, <laughs> if you see the, uh, the teaser stuff, they, since destiny two came out, it's always been the tricorn in a two, you know, it's signifying destiny mm. two. Well, in all of this recent stuff, it's just destiny. So maybe they're just going back to, Destiny, but we'll see. Yeah. Destiny is a game that doesn't really need a full-fledged sequel if you just make it this expanding world like WoW was. Yeah. WoW went on for, what, 15 years? Still going. Of expansions? Still going. Yeah, what are you talking about? I think the... I think the, the... I think you'll probably see them do the next big thing for the PS five. And that'll be like, they're, they're like, all right, come transition to destiny, not destiny two again. Yeah. Like where they're going to support, they'll support the PlayStation five and the graphics there. And you can get the desk, get destiny rather than like being like, Oh, it's destiny three or, it's just more of Destiny 2. It's like, no, you're getting what you want out Destiny. of this world. And it doesn't, it's not going to change. It's just going to have that season model. And, and the new consoles are going to be a big playing point for a lot of people kind of really looking to play the game the way almost that like Bungie envisioned it. Because playing it on the current consoles, Nothing against PS4, PS4 Pro, but I still have my Pro, turn it on once in a while. But when I got my PC back in September and played Destiny on my PC for the first time, it completely changed the game for me. In terms of playing at a higher frame rate, opening up the field of view, it just feels (laughs) so much better. And Destiny has always been a game of feel. So you're feeling kind of that gunplay it just feels so satisfying uh their their gun mechanics are some of the best out of any game i've ever played it just feels so smooth to play and like right it's hard to describe it just feels right when you're playing when you get that headshot it just feels so it's good it's rewarding it's very rewarding um that's that was always like talking with the devs that was always my biggest compliment was like you made it feel perfect like you're so good at this continue being so good at this i love you guys it's super and and these new consoles are gonna bring a whole new crowd of people and i'm really hoping that they're gonna be at least targeting 60 because it makes a really big difference it really does (laughs) Mm-hmm. Playing playing with sixty FPS is like the main reason I play on my computer, on PC. I just want to play and enjoy the scenario. 
And that's the best part about Destiny PCs. They have such good controller support. Mm. Controller support. Like I don't even have to learn mouse and keyboard to play PC. I just play with this. Yep. And, and apparently they're, they're baking in with this new season, with the new update, more uh, controller support. So native controller support within the game rather than going through Steam. Yeah. Yeah. Well, speaking of new consoles, we'll talk about Destiny all night long. You know we will. Uh, yeah. Speaking of new consoles, <laughs> Sony PlayStation 5, uh, their June reveal has been postponed uh, due to, you know, current events and everything and not being able to, in their minds, to, like, fully do it justice, you know, with everything mm-hmm. they post wasn't the it. right time yep, not the right time so they pushed it back uh they did something similar last month with last of us part two they pushed that back because of covid you know indefinitely and then it's being released in two weeks now so because it got leaked <laughs> yeah uh yeah so i i'm really curious to see i've seen so many different things on the playstation 5 at this point i just want to see the console i want to see its capabilities and what's the price and the price is going to be the big the price is going to be a big selling point for a lot because yeah certainly coming out of the pandemic not just that the higher they go they're starting to they can't go much higher with the console because now you're encroaching on pc prices and everything and what are you going to utilize more the console or a pc and i mean because the consoles now of what i've been reading and uh kind of people's analysis of it the hardware that you're getting in it is top of the line right pc hardware now but we know how quick that changes absolutely right PC hardware changes like that. Yep. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's an AMD that it's running right now. In that, yeah, that, yeah, they're running AMD, but they're not running Ryzen. They're running the, the Navi, right? It's a, it's a different architecture. Mm-hmm. Now, but the the way that AMD is just going, I'm pretty pretty uh, excited to see what they're going to be doing with it. Now, my question is, I know they've already shown what the new Xbox looks like. I mean, it's the Xbox, you know, like 47 now or something like that. Uh, yeah. Did they release a price on that? No, not yet. So they're going to be, uh, all right. I know uh, a few years ago. They're playing at chicken e- into who's going to release yeah, the price they did first. that at an E3 yeah. years ago. Yeah. Does anybody recall that back, you know, yeah, Sony undercut yeah. uh, Microsoft yeah. by a hundred bucks. Yeah, yeah. So I don't. I think they're just they're sick of that game. So I'm guessing they're going to be either four ninety nine at the really lowest, but I'm guessing more likely to be five ninety nine. Because I think PlayStation was speculated to be around six fifty. That was the rumor. I I don't see it going over five. Like they will take it. They will take a loss before they charge too much. Like the they've done it before. Like the mm. they'll make they make almost no money on consoles. Mm. They just make them so that people have access to all the other money making opportunities they have. True. 
the subscription for the year. But if you look, if, if, they're, yeah. if you're spending 500 bucks on a console and it's top of the line PC hardware, it's a good sell. Oh, yeah. Mm. We'll see how, how much money. Yeah, I want to I want to switch so bad and it's going to be probably that for the PS5 later. I got a PC, so maybe I can hold off. We'll see. Do I tell you what? My <laughs> but it's also the, depending on what the games will be on release. Yeah, because something like uh, Destiny with the cross save, I can just play here on PC until maybe Christmas. I get a, I get a, right. a PS5 or something. Yeah, I there's options now. Thankfully, <laughs> I love. Oh my god! Yeah. And then moving into that cross play, cross save. Um, field. Um, over the weekend, me and Matt played some some Warzone for the first time, mm-hmm. <laughs> and we were playing with PS4 and Xbox players. Now, as a side note, I was god awful, and uh, <laughs> I thought you were going to say you were godly. I was just no. running the no, map, and and Doctor Goku carried me the whole way. <laughs> He's a beast. Like he, you don't really realize it, and it's like, dude, he said I up, have my moments. The first time me and him got on PC, he set up my computer vir- like virtually through through chat. Mm-hmm. He, Joe, go into your settings. Set this to this. Do this to this. Why am I doing that? Just do it. <laughs> I'm a nerd. <laughs> he he knows his stuff, and he's good at he's good at games, man. He he can carry his own for sure. Oh. But uh. No, yeah, we'll see. Uh, hopefully, maybe we'll get a maybe we'll get a reveal in the PS5 uh, in July. You know, definitely sometime mm-hmm. this summer they're going to do it because they're going to want to you know get on as as soon as possible. The sooner they start building hype for it and start releasing more information, uh, the more their community and diehard PlayStation you know mm-hmm. uh, buyers are going to be you know going mm-hmm. crazy chomping at the bit with pre orders, but. Microsoft mm-hmm. did theirs the last month, if I don't re- if I remember correctly, where they let a, a bunch of YouTubers and press kind of go there and tear it down. Oh, that I don't know. Or a while ago. Yeah. Uh, I know. I remember seeing a video by uh, Austin Evans on YouTube where essentially the Xbox Series X is a micro ATX PC. Mm-hmm. It's just really squished into this little box. Yeah. It's a shoebox standing on its end. Yeah. <laughs> for like vans. Uh, no. Well, we'll see. But there, there's not really too much going on with video game news right now. But uh, the one thing that I did see that kind of caught my eye was Sega. Sega is releasing a mini game. Sega. <laughs> so Yes, please. If. If I'm a creature from the 90s, I had a Sega. I had a Sega Genesis. Like, I grew There was Nintendo Kids, and then there was Sega Kids. I was a yes. Sega kid, but we had both, Same. just so you know. You know, we were that house where we had, like, every console lined up. Uh, but Sega, I mean, <laughs> Dr. Goku, Sonic fan. Uh, I, I love Sega. You know, there was uh, Golden Axe, Golden Axe 2, Forgotten Realms. Mm-hmm. Come on. Those were my jam, and uh, Sega is releasing a mini game year. So I don't know what your all thoughts are. I can. It's like that Game Boy Mini. Do, 
Anyone remember that? Yep. No. <laughs> I do. No, I don't. I'll have to look it up. But <laughs> it, I see pictures of this tiny, tiny this Game Gear Mini. Literally, the picture of the advertisement is it fits in the palm of somebody's hand. And I, <laughs> I imagine a keychain being attached to the corner of it. It's so small. You, does anybody remember those like <laughs> those Digimons that you used to get back in the day? Where you would get yeah, or the Tamagotchis. Yeah, it would be like a little digital like eight bit egg, and you'd grow it up to be like a look like yeah, you know what I'm talking about. It's like that size. Yep. It's like tiny, and watch it have sixty Sega games in it. You know, something crazy, but that's gonna be releasing so I, soon. I had I had an original Game Gear, and it was like the size of the Switch, but yes. like <laughs> three switches thick. Yeah. And you just ate through batteries. Oh, you had to sit oh. with it plugged in in the wall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It wasn't much of a handheld that you could take. It much. Could, you could take go it down- portable for a half hour. You could take it downstairs <laughs> mm-hmm. to find the next place to charge it. I used to right. have. It was called a Nomad, and the Nomad would play full size Sega car- cartridges. That thing was huge. And I think I just sold it on Amazon or on eBay like two years ago. I found it and got rid of it. But yeah, that thing was, dude, the Game Gear like overshit. Nintendo fans will be always fanatic Nintendo fans. And the Game Boy was cool. Mm-hmm. But if you tried to play in the sun or something, you'd lose the screen. Yeah. You know, the darker, the better with it. With the Game Gear, it like it was the first step to revolutionizing handheld video games. It had the color screen. It actually had the ace early, early, early version of an L C D screen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it was it was revolutionary for its time. And there were even competitors like the Lynx and several others that came out. The Game Gear was one of the best handheld video game consoles out there. For its time through the 90s and way better than the Virtual Boy. Yeah, we don't. <laughs> people buy the Virtual <laughs> Boy just for their collections anymore. Like, yes, uh, was the Virtual <laughs> Boy. OK, wait, was that the one where it was like the red headset and you like look like lean forward and yeah. look into it? Yeah, I think it was something else. Uh, that was bad. That was. I think if for the entire collection of games, you need to buy 16 games. Wow. I think that's... <laughs> wow. <laughs> uh, you guys know who Angry Video Game Nerd is? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Love him. Yeah, he has the entire collection of, like, 16 games. Mm-hmm. Die Hard. That's like... I think that's, like, four less than Dreamcast. <laughs> Dude, I used to have and a graphic w- 16, too, so we had them all. I was all for the Dreamcast. All my friends thought I was nuts, but I was... All for the Dreamcast. Dude, there was a... It, it was, was ahead of its time. There, yes. Well, what was it? It was a zombie shooter on Dreamcast. What the heck was it called? House on Haunted... It wasn't House on Haunted Hill, but it was like I know, House of the Dead. I know Dead. what you're talking about. Yes. Dude. It was the one like, that was also like uh, an arcade the game. The arcade yeah. game. Yeah. That yeah. was everywhere. That thing was awesome. Like, that was the <laughs> game on Dreamcast. Like, that's why I bought one. Um, no, but... Dude, I'm loving the nostalgia am, of all these consoles kind of coming back, and I'm I'm real curious to see what's on well, this. Well, they're coming out all of these micro consoles, like the the NES Mini, the SNES Mini, 
they had the the PSP. They well, came the PlayStation out with the, uh, Genesis Mini. too. A Sega. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We'll see. I'm, I'm all for. They're this. doing it in a way because plugging in the old systems into modern TVs sucks. Yeah, it doesn't work too well. I have a tube TV just because, in my attic just for that. Just because of the way that mm-hmm. uh, modern HDTVs process or over-process pixel art. If you don't have something like a Retron 5, people won't want to play because it, it kind of looks... Uh, I've seen a lot of people... Uh, actually, a buddy of mine has a Raspberry Pi that they... Mm-hmm mess with and has all the old school like video games and stuff on it so they got like a huge library yeah, through emulation yeah and it mm-hmm. looks perfect looks perfect but no that's uh that's essentially all we got you know or all i have for video gaming news uh, does anybody else mm-hmm. have anything that they want to that they saw in the news or anything like that you want to bring up it's been pretty slow Oof. It has. It has. There's been things uh, yeah. with current events and everything going on right now uh, taking precedent. Uh, a lot of things are on pause and, you know, rightfully so. And I'm I'm loving the overwhelming support for for change um, from every corner of the world and the gaming community and studios are no exception. They are voicing mm. their opinions and, you know, are for it as well. So, you know, PAX put out a, a yes. really great statement about, uh, about all of this. I highly recommend going to take a look at it. It was yes, very well done. I think I shared that on our, on the Twitter, uh, Okay, was, that may be where I saw it. It was really good. It was this morning. <laughs> yeah. And they wrote it very well. And uh, Poorly Timed Gaming uh, is a studio mm. where uh, some friends of ours work at, and they put out, they've been putting out some great statements as well, voicing their, uh, their support and are running a donation campaign right now. So if you want to check them out, it's Poorly, Poor, poor Timingly Games. Uh, we'll put it in the show notes so you can check them out if you care to uh, mm. join their uh, donation or charity drive towards uh, various uh, organizations helping the causes and organizations that are here for change. So, uh, Swain, thank you so much, man, for for coming on with us and chatting. Yeah. Uh, I we're we're very. Uh, eager talkers i mean it, it, we work all day and everything <laughs> and, and yeah we ramble and i apologize <laughs> but oh i'm always down to ramble <laughs> awesome man i appreciate it and uh thank you so much for coming on and chatting with us uh if you want to give a uh a quick uh shout out where people can find more of you your youtube videos content and everything sure i mean i'm i'm easy to find I don't have to really tell you exact locations. I just say like support your local donations. I don't really care about my promotion right now. There we go. Uh, mm. Bail funds. There's so many places that you can actively support if you cannot physically be there to support uh, with your dollars. So I post a lot of them <laughs> online. Yep, and uh, we have thank as you. well, too, and thank you mm-hmm. very much. Uh, we actually put in – we 
our RTS bot stands for real time support. It's a 24 seven on demand mental health resources bot. Um, you can get that on discord or on Twitch and have it available to your viewers and your community. Uh, we added several new, uh, resources to it to help support, uh, the BLM and also several other organizations and resources that you can donate and ways that you can help out and, uh, various other sources. I'm trying to find the exact command right there for the one. I know there's uh we have one. This is a great thing. I add it so I can, I can cut this out now. <laughs> ah, yeah. Ways to help right there. It should be all linked up in the one. Oh, that's why I forgot a, uh, I forgot a, a line in front. Nope. I still messed it up. Ah, it's a W, not an X. Well, regardless, I'll, we, uh, showed all the links and everything on our, uh, Twitter today and throughout our server on Discord. And we will be putting out more, more avenues to help, uh, local causes and, uh, just like Swain said, you know, bail and, uh, ways you can help. So. Uh, anybody else have any final remarks while I stumble over myself with 15,000 screens open? <laughs> no, uh, that's pr- pretty much it. There's, there's not much going on in the gaming news and because a lot of things are turned to the, the current events. Yeah. So for everyone that's out there right now, be safe. <laughs> Look after each other. Love one another. Absolutely. And thank you so much for joining us tonight. And we will catch you next time. Thank you very much. Thank you, guys. Bye. Bye. Bye.